This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined by Diana Yoakum and Robert Brokamp, personal finance experts here at The Motley Fool. Hey, kids. How you doing? Great. Great. Robert, sticking the landing. Great. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He just did that Olympic did arms old, up. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, my daughter has a gymnastics meet this, uh, this weekend, so I'm like doing all my gymnastics moves whenever I can. Which is important when you have a kid doing gymnastics. You have to also do this stuff. Because I've seen some of the stuff your daughter can do. It's impressive. Oh, she learned it all from me. (laughs) Not at all. I don't believe that. Not at all. Not for a second. Most of the questions we get here at The Motley Fool are about your retirement accounts, your IRAs, your 401ks. So today we're going to kick off the conversation by tackling the basics of retirement accounts and calling out some of the biggest mistakes or misconceptions that people have slash make. So by the end of the show, you'll <laughs> that just well grammatic. I know, Diana, the editor in you just wanted to like slap me right there, but everyone knows what I'm trying to say. By the end of the show, you'll know the difference between a Roth and not a Roth, and how to avoid some common pitfalls in your retirement account. First, let's get into the basics of retirement accounts to get us all on the same page. And to kick it off, we have a question from Melissa. She says, I'm in my 20s and am finally eligible for my employer's 401k plan. Yay! Yay, I love how she says, I'm in my 20s and finally, finally, finally I'm eligible. I've been dreaming of this day since I was a toddler. I could now save for retirement. It's Good awesome. for you. Yeah. It is awesome. I love her. I just... <laughs> <laughs> That's very strong. I, 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 love, I love her, too. I, I, I admire her, <laughs> but I feel like... I need to get to know her a little bit better. <laughs> All right, sorry, Melissa. We'll get okay. You're in your 20s. We've decided you're in your 20s. You're eligible for your employer's 401k plan. Robert loves you. Now, last night you, yeah, I signed up last night and decided to contribute about $100 a month for now. No clue if my employer matches contributions or not. Um, go talk to your HR person; they'll tell you. But I'm wondering if I should sign up for an IRA too. What are the differences between a Roth and a traditional IRA? And should I contribute more money to the 401k or the IRA? Are the fees higher for one of those? And also, please just use my first name if you answer my question in a future podcast. Thank you, Melissa Blank Gilderstein. <laughs> All right, so let's get. That was a very robust question. It was. It was. Well, she kind of covers everything you need to know about IRAs, which is perfect because that's what we're going to do. We're just going to go through her questions and great. And you'll know everything you need to know about retire- retirement accounts in general, not just IRAs. That's right. right. Retirement accounts in general. All right. So let's get to the basics here, Robert. Mm. What is an IRA? An IRA is a retirement account. You deposit cash, and then you choose what you want to invest that cash in. Um, you don't have to be connected to a particular job. You just have to have earned income. Anyone can open an IRA except for maybe wealthier people older than age 70 and a half. We could uh, include the thing about Caldeana here at the point. Um, but most people, <laughs> as long as you're working, you can contribute to an IRA. Uh, okay. And it, IRA actually stands for not what our listeners probably think it does. Well, if you look at the definitive IRS publication for IRAs, it says IRA stands for Individual Retirement Arrangement. Yeah, not account. Not account. Was account. That said, there is a re- individual retirement account that is a subpart of the arrangement, and the IRS calls that an IRA too. Very confusing. Yeah. So I I have an IRA. What am I actually buying? Well, you choose. Um, you decide which investments. Now there are rules about which types of investments you can own. So essentially, it's the stuff everyone's familiar with: cash, stocks, bonds, 
mutual funds, exchange traded funds, pretty basic stuff. There are some things you're not allowed to own in an IRA. For example, um, it specifically states in the IRS publication that you cannot hold alcoholic beverages in your IRA. Listed among collectibles like antique they drugs leak and all some over coins. the all over the it's, place when yeah, you try and put alcohol in. You have a soggy in IRA. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> um, it makes a fool of itself at parties. <laughs> it's just like, now, what some people don't know is that within something called a self-directed IRA, which is kind of special, and you usually can't get these through like Vanguard and Fidelity, these bigger companies, you actually can own uh, interests in business, farmland, private mortgages, some of this stuff. But the rules are so complicated that if you don't do it cor- do it correctly, um, it can be considered the whole thing can be considered a distribution, and you pay taxes and penalties. So for most people. Stick with stocks, bonds, cash, mutual funds. Stick with the basics. Right. Stick with the basics. But an IRA itself is not a no. instrument or yeah. vehicle. And, no. that, and that's a common misconception that people right. think, oh, I've this IRA is doing well, that IRA is not doing well. I've invested in an IRA. Oh, what you, what did you invest it in? An IRA. It's The IRA is just the basket. It's just the account. It's just the holder of right. your alcohol right. and your investments. <laughs> right. All right. Let's move on from that. So a 401k isn't... An IRA, though, right? It is not. A 401k has to be sponsored by an employer. Um, it can only be offered through your employer. It might also be called a 403b or TSP. Like an IRA, they have certain tax advantages, um, but you can only participate if you're working in that job. So then, if you have a 401k, Diana, do I also need separate IRAs as well, or is a 401k going to get me to retirement? So. You want to get as much of your money working for you as possible. So, if you have enough money to contribute to both, great. Uh, but you want to do that strategically. So, let's say you've got this pile of money. I do. I have a huge pile <laughs> a of huge money right here. Look at that here. pile of money. I take it with me everywhere I go. A good order in which to invest it in, in these accounts is to start with your 401k especially if your company offers some sort of match. Right. So, it might be if you put in $100 in your 401k, the company's going to match another 50 So it's basically like a bonus they're throwing in to help you save for retirement. Yeah, so that's free money. After that, take your investment dollars and go over to an IRA, because an IRA is offers a lot of flexibility in terms of investment choices here, especially if the funds that have been chosen to be in your 401k are crummy. And, and, and you don't have you know a world of funds to choose from in the first place. Right. There. You generally have like five to 20 to choose from, and, and you're stuck with those. Right. So then you've maxed out your IRA, got more money after that, go back to your 401k. The reason being is you're limited um, to $5,500 as maximum contribution limit um, in an IRA or at another thousand to dollars to that if you're age 50 or over. But in your 401k, you can contribute up to $18,000 a year, $24,000 a year if you're over age 50. So you can put a lot of your you can get a lot of your money working for you by using all of the accounts available to you. So then I I always hear about Roth IRAs versus traditional IRAs. What is the difference? Cuz I've been told a million times what the difference is and I always forget. Right. So these really, the, these are the tax benefits of the accounts, and they're, and they're the crux of why you are even considering these accounts. It's Uncle Sam is saying, listen, I'm going to cut you a break to save for retirement. You can do it two ways. One is the traditional. When you put the money in, you get a tax break, but you pay taxes after you retire. The Roth is the other way around. No tax break today, but when you retire, you don't pay any taxes on that money. 
So it's a question of when do you want your tax break? If you are in a higher tax bracket today, the traditional probably makes sense because you're, you're going to value that deduction you get, get today. If you're in a lower tax bracket, the deduction today doesn't really mean as much. You're going to value having tax-free income in retirement much more. So um, for Melissa, I would say as someone who's young, probably starting out lower income, the Roth probably makes more sense. And also with the Roth, can't you put in there stocks and fund, like you don't pay taxes on the appreciation for the assets that are in your Roth too? So if, say, I was brilliant and I put Amazon or Apple in my Roth IRA 20 years ago or however long a Roth IRA has been around, <laughs> I would have paid taxes on $10 a, you know, a share price and then now it's up to a bajillion dollars and I wouldn't have paid taxes on right. the growth. And you bring up a great point in that as the investments grow in both the traditional and Roth, you're not paying taxes. So if you in your IRA you bought Amazon at one price, sold it for a huge profit, you wouldn't pay any capital gains. That's the benefit while you're working. It's in when you're retirement, then you have to pay the piper with the traditional. Then you got to pay taxes when the money's out. But the Roth Never. Never have to pay taxes on that as long as you follow all the rules. And we do. We do recommend following all the rules. <laughs> We're all for following rules. We're rule followers here. Yeah. So one of the last questions that Melissa brought up was, are there any fees to consider? Yes. And that's a great question to ask because you don't want fees eroding your investment returns. So generally, 401k plans have higher fees, and that mostly comes down to administrative costs in there. But the reason you stick with the 401k and don't just dump it because of the fees is, as we said earlier, you get the match and the fact that your contributions lower your taxable income and also that it's got higher contribution limits. Right. So it actually costs a good bit of money to run a 401k, the company to do that. Some employers will say, I'll cover all those. Some employers say, well, I'm going to pass them on to my employees. So they might be embedded into the costs of the funds. So if the fund is in your 401k, it might charge you 1.5%. You bought that fund outside of your 401k, it might be just a half a percent. So generally speaking, 401ks have higher costs, and it's better to be in an IRA instead, again, as long as you first take full advantage of the match. All right, so that kind of covers the basics, I hope, and it's really the basic basics. I mean, we could do a show on just Roth IRAs, just 401ks, just so... And you would love it. You would absolutely love it. I'm getting sleepy thinking about it. I know. Sorry, people. We're trying to give you enough information and not bore you to death. Hopefully we're succeeding. Let's just move on and hope we're doing well. So let's move on because what we're going to talk about now are some of the biggest mistakes or misconceptions that people have and slash me. See, I did it again. <laughs> We're going to talk about the biggest mistakes and misconceptions around retirement accounts. So, some of the mistakes people make and some of the dumb things they think that are wrong. Maybe it's not dumb, but the things that are incorrect. Okay. First one, Diana, why don't you take it away? All right. One of the biggest mistakes people make, one in five people do this, is cashing out their 401k when they leave a job. Now, what happens when you do that, if you are younger than age 59 and a half, is you are going to get hit twice. The first with an early withdrawal penalty, because you took that money out of the, out of the account, started using that cash before you were allowed to. So the early withdrawal, withdrawal penalty is 10%. On top of that, you're going to pay income taxes on that money. So you just gave a huge slice of your retirement 
funds away to Uncle Sam because of that. Right. Sort of Uncle Sam saying, I'm going to give you some tax breaks to save for retirement, and it better be for retirement, because if you don't do it, I'm going to penalize you. And you're like, ooh, payday, right, right. And of course you look at the end, and and it's tempting. The thing to do is to immediately roll that money into an IRA. And in fact, you don't have to even have your company cut the check to you. They can cut the check to a, a broker. Right. Uh, to a Vanguard Fidelity, whatever. Yeah, you want to do something called what's generally called a trustee to trustee transfer, so that the money goes directly from one place to the other. Uh, the check doesn't get into your hot little hands. If it does, you got sixty days to get it back into either the old account or the new account, or it's considered a distribution taxes penalties. Pain, pain, pain. You don't want it. Pain. No, many of us are guilty of leaving. Of leaving money at an old employer's four hundred one k, and 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 sometimes you can you can leave it there. They won't force you to take it, but you really should take it. Yeah, they may or they may not. Here at the Motley Fool, we cover all the costs for four hundred one k for our participants, unless you leave the fool, and then you oh. have to foot those those fees. So you might have a great four hundred one k, you want to leave it there, but you want to know if you're paying more to do that. Yeah, somehow I rolled over my old four hundred one k at my last job, all except like twenty five cents. I don't know how it happened. It was probably a distribution. You had a fund or something, and then it moved, but you were due the distribution before the dividend so date, of I'm course. Like, you get, every quarter, I, I get, you get a statement for 25 yeah. cents, and it's such a pain in the patoot to want to deal with that. I had that with a brokerage account, too, that I was, I'd moved money over to a different one, and, and it was... It was ten cents. Right. It was ten cents. Finally, I called them, and yeah, they're yeah, like, "We can do? send you a check for ten cents, or we can just write it off." I'm like, "Write it off." Right. Like, <laughs> you keep keep the change, sweetheart. Yeah. You've been great. No, the, the check would be pretty funny, and then you'd have to report it on your tax return and pay right. the ten percent penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably just gonna leave. It. I'm probably gonna just leave it there forever, and probably it'll hurt me someday. I don't know. Or maybe it'll grow. I'll go back and it'll be $10,000. That'll, that'll end up being your best investment right. ever. <laughs> we can only hope. All right, Robert, what's your first misconception or mistake? There are actually several ways to bypass these penalties or taxes or both, depending on the situation. But you have to keep them straight because what applies to an IRA may not apply to your 401k or 403b. So real life story. Uh, from an IRA, you can take out your money for qualified higher education expenses, still the taxes, but you avoid that 10% penalty. That's not true of, of a 401k or 403b, yet uh, I know the story of a woman who thought it was, took out money from her 403b to pay for her kid's college, had to pay that 10% penalty because she got confused. So make sure that you know the rules that are specific to the type of account you have. Diana, you're up. Another blunder that people make is waiting until April 15th to contribute to an IRA for the previous year. And it's because you have until April 15th to do this, so all of us really love to run up against a deadline, or maybe that's just the writers here in the room. But (laughs) a lot of people wait until then um, and give up basically 15 months of returns that they could have been earning had they put their money to work earlier. Now remember, when you contribute to an IRA, you don't have to come up with the entire amount all at once. You can add to that account over the years. So you should do that. Get started 
start contributing to it and so, so you can start earning money on those returns. Dollar cost average right. over the 15 months. That's right. Right. Historic, bringing out technology. Uh, nice. Look terms. at that. You must listen to our podcast. Dollar cost averaging. Yeah. Historically speaking, the stock market is up roughly three out of every four years. So, you know, the sooner you can get the money in, generally speaking, the better. I mean, if you do contribute to your IRA by April 15th of this year, for last year, make sure you indicate that on the check or something, because otherwise they might think it's for this year. So if you're contributing for 2014, write that somewhere on the mm-hmm. t- on the check. All right. Well, I hope you weren't tired of talking, Robert, because it's your turn to bring up the next one, the next myth or mistake. One misconception is that some people think that they can't contribute to an IRA either because they're already contributing to a 401k or they make too much money, and that's generally not true. Anyone who's working can contribute to an IRA, regardless of their income, regardless of how much they put in their 401k. It just depends on which type of IRA you're going to be eligible for. And there's actually one example in which you can contribute to an IRA even if you're not working, and that is if you're a spouse of someone who is working. So you're a stay-at-home parent, you actually can contribute to an IRA as long as your spouse is working. All right, and we have one final to make it to round it out to five, of course, of our biggest myths and misconceptions around retirement accounts. Robert, you have this one. Whenever you sign up for an IRA or a 401k, you probably are asked to designate a beneficiary. Basically, who's going to get your account when you pass away? It's D A Y A N. That's how to spell Deanna's name. Um, you don't have to do it, it's just there. Uh, But you have to make sure that you do, because if you don't have a designated beneficiary, the account will go to your estate when you pass away, and then it has to be distributed, generally speaking, within five years, so your heirs lose all those tax benefits. If you name someone specifically, they inherit the IRA, and they can let it grow for years and years and years and years. So make sure you name someone and make sure you update it, because you may have filled it out 10, 20 years ago, and now you no longer like that person, or that person may no longer be alive. So you should update it at least once every few years. All right, that covers it then. Five mistakes, common mistakes, and also some mis- and misconceptions that people have around retirement accounts. Hopefully, this sets you out on the right path, Melissa, to just start rocking it with all your retirement accounts. I'm hopeful for her. We know you're hopeful. You're hopeful <laughs> for a lot of things, I think. You love her. You totally love her. I admire her. That's going to do it for today. The show is edited by Rick Engdahl, music composed and performed by our own Tayana Yoakum. And don't forget to put her down as your beneficiary. <laughs> Email us at answers at fool.com. And don't forget to recommend us to your friends, especially your friends and family members and loved ones who are really lousy with money. Hopefully we can help them out. We so, love them too, though, by the way. We do. We love them too, and we want them to not suck at money. Right? Molly Fool Answers. To Stop. help you not suck at money. <laughs> fool on. Fool on.